Hi, I'm April. And I'm Amanda. And this is Her Step Forward, where we share stories of women who step up, step out, and step forward into careers and lives they love. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our guest today is Dr. Denise Fournier, a mindfulness-based psychotherapist, Psychology Today blogger, speaker, facilitator, and university professor. She's committed to living a life that expresses her truth and her values, and she's dedicated her career to helping others do the same. This is apparent to me in our friendship as I watch her give fully and authentically to every person she comes into contact with, as well as each project she takes on. When she isn't writing, teaching, or connecting with clients, Denise travels the world with loved ones or grounds herself down on her yoga mat or meditation cushion. You can see why we're friends. <laughs> I can't wait for you to meet her. So welcome, Denise. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, we're so excited. Um, so first uh, question for you, Denise, is what compelled you to pursue so many different and interesting avenues for work and life? I like the word compelled because I think it was mostly compulsion and inevitability that got me to evolve into all of the different facets of my professional life. And at the same time, it's also happened so organically. I see each aspect of what I do professionally as a reflection of some aspect of who I am as a person. So I pursued a traditional path becoming a psychotherapist because of my interest in human psychology and human behavior, human relationships. So that continued to lead me down a traditional educational path. And through that journey, I discovered a love for writing. I discovered a love for teaching. And I discovered that I really appreciate and enjoy getting opportunities to hold space and create opportunities for people to connect with each other and with themselves in different ways. So as I learned these things about myself and moved through my journey professionally, I folded in these aspects of my professional life and created projects that reflect those interests and passions. Nice. What an incredible journey. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's really easy for people on the outside to look at you and see all the success and all of the, um, you know, the great things that you're doing and the cool things that you're involved in, but people don't always see the obstacles or the things that you had to overcome to get where you are. So could you share with us a little bit about those hurdles and those obstacles? Sure. I'm glad, I'm actually glad you bring that up because when you were asking the question, I was reminded of a time a few years ago when somebody said to me something along the lines of, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky that you have this career and that you've found something that you really like. And you're so, you know, you're so lucky with the way that your life is set up. And I, wanted to be gracious with what the person was sharing with me. And at the same time, part of me was really pissed off at that because I don't see it as a matter of luck because of course I've been on the behind the scenes end where maybe people see the highlight reel. There have been a lot of bloopers and there have been a lot of challenges to get me here and a lot of sacrifices. Um, you know, going for a doctoral degree is not easy and not for everybody. And there was a period of my life when I was completely devoted to my studies and working full time while I did that and missed out potentially on a lot of life things. I watched people start families and buy homes and travel and have these big life events that I felt really 
left out of because of my choice to commit myself to that. And so there, there were times when I questioned whether I was doing the quote unquote right thing because I wondered if I was missing the boat on other life things to make you know this big commitment. And I had to keep kind of calling on my courage and checking in with my values and my priorities and my commitments so that I could stay the course and recognize that I was called to do this in the order and the way that I did it. And so it had to, it had to be right. Um, so that was a challenge in and of itself. And I think the biggest hurdle um, that, you know, many people who I work with as clients know this about me, and of course, April, you know this about me, maybe you too, Amanda, that a few years ago in 2015, I had a series of life events that sort of converged. I graduated um, with my PhD in 2014, I had been working as a therapist for a few years already, but I finished my studies and started teaching and had big career plans. And then life happened and I wound up um, getting divorced and getting cancer in the same three-month period, which was a big wake-up call in a lot of in a lot of ways. And it was a crossroads because I felt myself um, at, at a at a point of needing to choose, at a point where it was either choose to surrender to what was happening and take it as an opportunity to rest and check out and make career less important or go all the way in because life was showing me how fragile it is and how unpredictable it is. And so I chose the latter. Um, <laughs> and that was not easy because I had people telling me, your health is more important, slow down, don't take on so many challenges, don't work so much, don't do so much. Um, and it just didn't feel like my truth. So I was able to both heal myself through that and also evolve my work at that time and started my private practice and started to really um, dig deep. And, and that's where I started to merge more of the personal and professional in a more outward way. So there were challenges for sure. And somehow the hurdles became the successes mm-hmm. at the same time, which is, which is powerful. I really appreciate you sharing that part of the story mm-hmm. because I know it's, <laughs> it's easy to leave some of the, sure. the scary and the dark parts out. And I think, you know, Amanda and I have talked about this on this podcast, we, we want to be real and, you know, we're all complex women. We're complex people. And I really appreciate you sharing and kind of on the tail of that, I'm curious, like, how did you know you were making the right decision when you were thinking about, you know, I'm not sure if this feels right, but this is what I'm going to do anyway. How, How did you know that you were doing the right thing? To be honest, I didn't. (laughs) And I don't know if I still do. Um, You know, I have come to almost eliminate the paradigm of right, wrong for myself because I can get so trapped in it and I have gotten so trapped in it. And, you know, especially being an entrepreneur, doing this work independently and in an in an entrepreneurial way, um, it's so easy to fall into the comparison trap and look at what my colleagues are doing or look at what, you know, my contemporaries are doing or what other entrepreneurs are doing or other therapists are doing and ask myself, am I, am I on the right track? Am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing more? Should I be doing less? Should I be doing this differently? Um, and it's, it's maddening and it quiets the voice of my own intuition. So I've come to, shift the way I think about these things and just shift into being commitment driven rather than feelings driven um, or rather than 
right, wrong driven, uh, because otherwise I'll go crazy. Um, and also because it empowers me to just check in with like what matters most to me right now? What am I called to share? What am I called to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just do that. And so I think I've been doing that for, for a long time. Uh, and it, it, it's what's guided me. And I don't know if in a few years it will feel different, um, or in a few months it will feel different, but that's, that's been the way I've sort of oriented myself to this process. I love that way of looking at it. That's really different, I think, than the way a lot of people think we have the choice to live, right? We think, is this right? Am I on the right path? I know I get this And we're bad about comparing ourselves to everyone around us. And especially with social media and everything that we do, it's so easy to fall into that trap of, oh my gosh, I'm not doing what all these other people are doing. But it's so refreshing to have someone remind you of, you know, follow your own path and make your own way and figure it out, you know, what matters most to you. Yes. And you get to start over anytime you want, you know, and it maybe it doesn't need to be from scratch, but if there's a time when it doesn't feel in alignment, then you get to shift into something that does. And I think it's so easy for us to think in these big, broad terms and think that if we choose something, we're sort of committed to it in this, you know, in this way that we can't escape. Right. But at any moment, we can choose again, and we can, you know, rechart the course for ourselves. Begin again. I love that <laughs> mantra myself. <laughs> Always, it's so important. Um, so, Denise, I'm curious to know how do your values show up in your work? I mean, you do so many things, mm. um, but but can you tell us a little about that? Sure. Well. That, I mean, that's a big question. It's a great question. It's a really great question. Um, You know, I think there is a point for me, there was a point for me, as I I think I said before, where the personal and professional really, really merged. And that was a really vulnerable point um, because it required me to start showing up in my work. And of course, I do a particular type of work and it's a very personal encounter type of work, you know, whether I'm writing and expressing something in that way, or I'm connecting with a client directly, um, I'm, I'm in the work and I am the instrument of, of my work. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I could hide behind it or I could really, you know, step into it and step up to it as, as I know your tagline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even realize I was doing that. (laughs) Perfect. She fell into our trap. So, yeah, so I, I realized that there was an opportunity for me to, to really show up. And so authenticity has become a core value for me. And that is actually a helpful anchor for me because what I get to do is check in with that on an ongoing basis and have that be a barometer for the truth of the work, the value of the work. And, and the way of honoring the work um, is how authentically I'm showing up to it. And I find that when I'm being authentic in the work, number one, it's it doesn't feel like work mm-hmm. because it feels like a natural extension of who I am. Um, and number two, it, it enriches the work because it kind of serves as, as an invitation for my clients to show up authentically as well. So authenticity is a big value. And I think that starts with me checking in with myself and, and constantly coming back to how am I showing up and is it authentic. Um, one of my big core values is empathy. I think the world is in an empathy deficit. And I think <laughs> yes. that there is a real need for us to check back in with what empathy means and teach ourselves and 
locate our blind spots and ask people we love and trust to help us identify our blind spots um, because a lot needs to shift by way of, of our relationships with each other and what we're doing and who we're being in the world and what we're creating mm-hmm. with our time here. And I think a lot of it can be served really um, powerfully by each of us taking responsibility for how empathically or not we're showing up in our space and in our lives. So empathy is a core value and that comes through directly and indirectly. I mean, I'm always holding myself to the standard of um, being in the space of empathy at all times and also directly with my clients and what I write about and what I teach about and what I facilitate. I'm always talking about emotional intelligence and empathy in a very direct way because again, we weren't taught we weren't taught this stuff. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> we were taught a lot of things that none of us are using and very few things that all of us need to be using. And so I try to take it on as part of my responsibility in my work to, mm-hmm. to directly express empathy. And so mm-hmm. it shows up, it shows up in that way. And I think the other value is presence. Um, I think, you know, if we are holding ourselves to the commitment to be present, then a lot shifts and a lot happens. We get to be more deliberate. We get to be more focused and intentional, more productive, more successful, more connected. And so, of course, again, that's something that a standard that I hold myself to, but it also is a really direct focus in my work and teaching and writing. So I think those those values, because I hold myself to them, end up becoming a natural extension of me that's infused into the work that I do. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's amazing. So thinking about work and thinking about your personal life as well, talk to us about mindfulness meditation and the role that they play in your life. So I, I have to say, I'm so encouraged that mindfulness is now, it's like a buzzword. It's a thing. I always get so excited when someone tells me they don't know what it is because it gives me the opportunity to, to chat about it. But of course we only have so much time and it's a, it's a big subject, but um, the role they, you know, to say something about the role they play in my life, I had the good fortune of having a therapist when I was um, just starting undergrad. I was 18 years old and I was, uh, I was on the hot mess express, like a first class ticket. I was just unraveling. I had a really difficult transition into that, you know, aspect of my life and was suffering from crippling anxiety And I had the great fortune of going to the student counseling center and meeting a therapist who was lovely and was also a practicing Buddhist. And so through our conversations with each other, our very powerful conversations with each other, she exposed me to what therapy is and can be, which is absolutely a big part of why I chose Mm -hmm. to pursue this as a profession. Um, But she also exposed me to the Buddhist tradition and she exposed me to it in a way that allowed me to receive it, not as a religion and not even as a spiritual practice, but as a way of training my brain. And so I learned how to heal myself and, and work with myself through my anxiety and relate to myself in a very different way through the practice of meditation and mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, And since then have continued to find Buddhist mentors and teachers um, whom I can work with and 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 who can support me in utilizing that not only in my personal life but also infusing it into my work. So for me, mindfulness has become a tool that I utilize in every aspect of my life to help me train my brain to work with me. And you know, there's a 
there's a quote from Robin Sharma, I think uh, he's an author and he says, the mind is a wonderful servant and a terrible master. <laughs> and that has just borne so true through my practice that I've learned how to be in mastery of my own mind through meditation and mindfulness. And for anybody who doesn't know, um, meditation is a vehicle um, to through which to access and utilize mindfulness. And mindfulness is essentially being present in the moment without judgment, with awareness, with intention, and being present to the unfolding of life and our experience moment to moment to moment. Um, so it's just been a powerful practice for me. It's changed my life. It's changed my personality, honestly. Um, it has supported me in so many ways. So it seems kind of inevitable that I would share that with anybody and everybody I can. And it's been so heartening to see clients and students and people I encounter in my life take on their own practice and expand in so many beautiful ways and profound ways. I love that. And I think, you know, kind of thinking about your own journey, your own anxiety that you dealt with and your personal commitment to empathy, it makes sense to me that you would be such a great therapist. I mean, you've, you've been in the dark spots yourself. You know what it's like to feel that way. And you're able to to sit with people in that and be empathetic and say, hey, yeah, like, it sucks. <laughs> and, you know, work together towards getting out of there. So I think that's really awesome. Yeah, it is. Mm, thank you. Um, Denise, so I'm, I'm curious to know, um, are there any tools or books that have really helped you on your journey? And as a second part to this question, maybe there's also a recommendation that you can make for people who are interested in, in learning about or getting started with their mindfulness or meditation practice. So mm. what are your thoughts there? There are, there's so many fabulous tools out there. I mean, by way of books, um, I would recommend anything by Dr. John Kabat-Zinn. He is sort of the father of Western mindfulness. I found his way of writing about mindfulness particularly useful um, in the sense that he writes about it really as a brain training. Mm -hmm. Meditation is a workout for your brain. It's like brain push-ups. Mm -hmm. And so he finds a way to translate that in terms that I think are really approachable really useful. Um, so I've been very much um, inspired by his work and would absolutely recommend his work to anybody. Mindfulness for Beginners is a great book to start with. Um, there are so many great teachers, Ram Das, Tara Brock, uh, Sharon Salzberg, uh, Pema Chodron. These are all uh, Buddhist practitioners mainly who have translated, they found a way to synthesize meditation and daily living and, and, express in ways that are so articulate and so beautiful and in some ways poetic how to invite the mm -hmm. spirit of mindfulness and the practice of meditation off the cushion and into daily life mm -hmm. and really emphasize how significant the shift is when we live this way, when mm -hmm. we adopt these practices and we live this way. So they have very much helped me on my journey and I recommend them all the time to my clients. Um, as far as tools, you know, now technology is so wonderful that there, I mean, at our fingertips, we have so many great supports and so many useful tools to support, um, you know, support the journey into meditation. There are a few apps. Um, Calm is one. 10% Happier is another. Um, there's, gosh, there's one that's on the tip of my tongue and I can't think of it. I'm sure it will just <laughs> it will hit me. It's a, it's a big one that everyone's using. I don't know if Either of you know what I'm referring to? Shoot, it's not coming to mind. Yes, post okay. it on so the website because yeah. 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 it's a great one, and lots of people are using it. Um, you know, another tool that has been really useful for me is is connecting to the earth and to nature. Um, one of my mentors many years ago said, 
you know, look no further than nature for anything you need to learn about life. Nature is always expressing itself in ways that model for us optimal living. And so I find that the more I, the more time I spend in nature, the easier it is for me to connect inward and the easier it is for me to get a sense of what really matters and how to surrender, how to let go, how to flow, how to be present. So many of the things that we can read every self-help book and meditation guide in the world and get so profoundly and instantly just by connecting with the earth and the elements in nature. So I would, I would say that goes as far as any other tool or resource out there. Yeah, I love that. I agree. I always feel so much better just being outside, mm-hmm. just even if it's an hour, even if it's just a lunch break. So that's, I think that's great advice for anyone. Like, don't forget what's already there around you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's free. Oh, and Headspace. Headspace is the app. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I've heard of that one. <laughs> so before we let you leave us today, and we'll be very sad when you do, um, I'd love to ask what your one piece of advice would be for our audience about taking their next step forward. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful question. I would say the most important advice is remember that it's all small bites. You know, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. It's so, you know, this podcast I I love and, and I love the intention behind it of reminding people that it's a journey and reminding people that it isn't all the, you know, the highlights and the glamour and the stuff that, you know, it would be so easy for us to be convinced of if we look out at the landscape of, again, these highlight reels that everyone's showing <laughs> that make it seem so easy. And we all have big dreams and we all have big visions. And if we think that we need to take it all on in one fell swoop and get it right and do it perfectly, we're not going to leave the starting line. We're mm-hmm. not going to start. So remember that it's all small bites. You know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a simple step. You know, these this wisdom I think rings so true. It's, you know, each day commit yourself to what's, what's the step I can take today. And can I be gracious with myself? Can I be kind to myself and stay connected to the big vision, knowing that you're going to get there one little bite, one little step at a time. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. I feel so much calmer. <laughs> I do. I do. After just hanging yeah. out with Denise for a little while. I'm so much more relaxed. Yeah. It's I, like, I just finished yeah. yoga class. I know. It's a, it's a different vibe. Yeah. 20 minutes ago, we were not so calm. <laughs> yeah. It's a little technique of transmission. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Well, um, Denise, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you thank for, you for being me. so open and so candid with us because I know it's it's not always easy. So I love that you're our first guest and you're, you know, setting the way for everyone else, hopefully, that's coming after you and, and um, to just have a, a a very open and honest conversation because it you know it's 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 a hard journey you know so um thank you for being here with us thank you both. um and with that uh, i we also want to say thank you to everyone who listened and joined us today and we're looking forward to sharing more stories soon um in the meantime you can learn more about us at herstepforward.com or follow us on instagram at herstepforward for all the latest updates And if you'd like to reach out to us, uh, you can either shoot us a message on Instagram or email us at info at herstepforward.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.